Flamethrowers, Lindsay Gibbs here. Thank you so much for joining us on our interview episode this Thursday. I am absolutely thrilled to be continuing our NWSL conversation for better or for worse. And joining me today is Andre Carlisle and Courtney Stith of the Diaspora United podcast. Hi, Courtney and Andre. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you for having us. You know, I want to talk Y'all haven't listened to Tuesday's episode. Go back, Josh, Shereen, and I. We really ran down all the drama that's been happening. And we're going to get to some of those topics in a bit. But first, uh, I want to ask you both, because the podcast is so great, and it's really filled a void in sports media. And I just feel like you guys, like, the whole goal is to center Black women in soccer in the conversation. We know they get left off. How did this come about, though? Like, how did you two get together and start the pod? Courtney? Oh, actually, I was going to throw it to Okay, well, we the first you sent the first DM. Ooh, yeah. DMs. <laughs> Burn it all down started through DMs, so I There you it. go. Basically, um, just kind of noticed that, and, and, you know, women's sports coverage is lacking overall. And certainly at the bottom of that are Black women being celebrated for their accomplishments. Um, bit of an imbalance here. And I know Crystal Dunn has spoken up recently on a bunch of that. And so it was really with that backdrop that I was like, you know what, I don't know if I'm the right person to do this, but I know this needs to be done. And so I reached out, talked to a couple people, and they were like, yeah, you should definitely go ahead and do that. And I was like, all right, cool. So I was trying to figure out who should be my co-host. And Courtney followed, followed me. And I ended up being like, all right, uh, I'm, I'd never talked to Courtney before. Wow. Uh, we've never had a conversation before. Wait, so what was it about Courtney? Were you just like, you're a black woman, like do this with me? Like, how did you go? <laughs> she, well, I guess I knew that she covered soccer. I knew okay. that she was deep into soccer and I got, you know, some recommendations from a, from a mutual friend, Bria Felician, who does the oh, black sports the women. Um, yeah, she was like, you know what, uh, Courtney would be perfect for this. And I was like, awesome. I, I know of Courtney, but I've never talked to her. So uh, let's see if the first time we can talk, we can record it and call it a podcast. <laughs> That's incredible. The Bria recommendation goes far though. Courtney, what's, yes. is this, what were your, what were your thoughts when like you get this random DM? <laughs> well, the funniest thing was finally reached out to Bria and I was like, Hey, you're a black woman doing sports things. I kind of want to do be a black woman doing sports things. And we just kind of set up a call. And then she was like, oh, yeah, follow up and do all these things. Um, and then one day, I literally just, like, I, it was the beginning of the year. And I was like, Courtney, you spent so much time on TikTok over the holidays. I was like, not to do any social media for, like, January, you know, just, like, fully cleanse. Um, but I would still, I guess, with my Twitter notifications, I still get emails if I get a DM. And so I go and I'm checking my email and I see... DM from Andre Carlisle and I was like wait what <laughs> so I like log into Twitter and I'm like what <laughs> I was going he was like do you want to start a podcast about black women in soccer and I was like yeah like I'm pretty sure I honestly responded probably in like 25 minutes not yeah. knowing <laughs> at all how to do podcasts like my background is uh I'm a video producer and a writer so I never thought about any of these things and I was like yeah like of course like talk about Crystal Dunn all day every day what else would I be doing <laughs> yeah that's incredible. I love that. Well, the podcast is great. Go check it out. Let's dive right into it. It is 
impossibly hard for black women in the WSL and in women's soccer in general, as we discussed. And yet, <laughs> if you look at the top goal scorers, if you look at the top performers, it's predominantly black women. So who in the NWSL, once again, we're not talking national team performances here, we're talking NWSL, who should people really be paying attention to? Because we have listeners who, like me, care about women's sports, like women's soccer, but maybe, you know, there's a lot to pay attention to all the time. So maybe haven't been glued to every single uh, NWSL game um, this summer. And I'm, we're going to have a whole Sid LaRue section. You knew where we were going. Didn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so if you can say somebody other than her, because I really just want to gush about her for a little while in general, Andre. So I'll give you a couple of players that I've been, I've been really excited to watch. Even though she's been around the national team, Sophia Smith, I think, has really come into her own in that Portland team. She has really taken opportunities, particularly why, you know, during the Olympics, while the Olympians were away, she really stepped up and was, has been excellent. Um, just the sophistication of her runs, the timing of her runs, um, the, you know, there's still, still can sharpen up the finishing a little bit, but she is an incredible player to, to watch and a very difficult player to mark. We saw that in the, uh, what was it, the ICC uh, women's tournament, the little preseason tournament they had, and she was just killing Lyon. And Lyon is one of the best club teams in Europe. Uh, and she, they, they could not control her. She was incredible in that match. The other one, I'm going to go with Ebony Salmon. Ebony Salmon was what came over, you know, from England, extremely young player. And you didn't really like, I knew of her watching her at Bristol, but Bristol was really bad in the WSL. Um, got relegated this past season or the prior season. And, you know, you're, you're thinking it is a bit of a step up in competition, definitely athletically as well. You know, big transition game, obviously, in the NWSL versus the WSL in Europe. But Ebony Salmon has taken to it. Like, it's been incredible to watch. And it's been fun because some there were some doubters. And I have to say that every goal comes with a little extra opportunity to be spicy online <laughs> because uh, the doubters didn't really know what they were talking about. I, we knew that Ebony Salmon had skills. It was just a matter of if it was going to translate, and it is translating. And she's only 20, and she's playing. I love that you mentioned her because she's playing for Racing Louisville, which is towards the bottom of the standing, so not – a, a, a new team and B, you know, one that let's yeah. say, doesn't get a lot of television exposure, but that would be all of them. So <laughs> that would be everybody. Right. <laughs> but, um, I'll admit, I haven't watched a lot of racing Louisville uh, this summer. So it's good to know about her. Courtney, who, who's been really exciting for you? Yeah, I think one player is definitely Ifiana Manu of Gotham, like genuinely every time she plays, I don't think I've Honestly, besides Hizlaru, like I know we're going to talk about her later, but I have not seen another player who is consistently and always hunting for a goal. Like there have been so many moments, um, especially when either Gotham has been down or been looking for an equalizer, even a winner. And you just always know, like she's going to show up and just honestly get the ball in the back of the net. Like I've seen so many of her goals and she's just honestly always, always hunting for a goal. And so that's been really fun to see. And I can like see that in person, which is even more fun. Uh, but then another player is uh, officially gold gold medalist, Michelle Prince. I think her coming back in the NWSL and playing with Houston, she's been making some really, really good runs off the ball, getting in good crosses. Um, whoever at Houston, I can't remember off the top of my head, who Houston played last time, but she was truly just kind of everywhere um, and being a player that you don't want to play against. So those are definitely two players that I've been looking for. And um, 
I've been really wanting Michelle Prince to like really get her shine because I think she's been, you know, putting in the work and doing uh, so much in the background and has just been killing it. And actually also with that uh, Jasmine Spencer as well. We like talked to her on the podcast, but she, like, especially during the Olympic break, um, she was on fire for Houston. Love that and love to see some Houston players get some shine as well. Let's talk about Sid. She seems like she scores a goal every single game. Um, Almost like she's shed a lot of dead weight this year or something. I don't know, but (laughs) I don't want to get into that, but it does seem like there's some freedom to her saying, how have we seen her develop? Because a lot of people know her from her when she was on the national team, right? And then she's had two kids and hasn't been back playing uh, the national stage and, you know, wasn't that big of a factor um, on the club level for a couple of years. What is working so well for her this season and how is she kind of able to find this at this stage in her career? Yeah, I think honestly, part of it is just like, she's to me like fully back, like in full fitness after having two kids. Like I, th- I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize it and, um, because Alex Morgan was also pregnant. People are like starting to maybe realize a little bit more like how much pregnancy does to your body and just like the difficulties of fitness so I think honestly for me that was always a big part of it like she always had I'll say it like kind of like the rumblings under of like she's going to get back and have a really big breakout season and I think this year just getting back into full fitness like in just kind of doing the fundamentals and she kind of also has that um never say die attitude like it's the last game that she played last night we on the podcast count we said uh she had a trio of gold contributions because she scored one assisted another basically if this is the other goal and she just honestly always is just always hunting for a goal and like wait can I curse of course yeah <laughs> oh okay like she almost has like a fire lit under her ass of just like wanting to go back um and also I think part of it is knowing you know Vlaco in the national team now is always or has been looking a lot more I would say than like in previous cycles at NWSL performances but I think also having that is has really just pushed her and then kind of doing it for her kids. She said it a few different times that wanting to be her, the best professional that she can be on and off the field. Do we think she has a shot at getting back on the national team? Like, is that, is it as easy? Just like, look at how many goals she's scoring. Like, you, do you think she can get back in that picture? She better. Yeah, <laughs> that's my short answer to that. Um, the, you know, that things didn't go well in the Olympics. They said that, you know, they were missing that familiar mentality. Who in the world has the, that mentality right now that's not on the national team better than like more in more abundance than Sid LaRue? Like if you can spot her on the pitch every now and then she'll be on the defensive line. She'll be dropping back, trying to link up play. She'll be, you know, trying to assist Alex Morgan or she'll be getting on the end of goals. She just she plays the role for them that is basically whatever Orlando needs her to do, she's going to do. And that type of mentality is incredible. It's incredible. The, the level of fitness is incredible, but just also the technical ability, the, the awareness, the intelligence to be able to be effective on whatever line she's in, whatever line she's either trying to break or help, you know, strengthen. She's been incredible. So yeah, she better be. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> short answer, she better be. If you say that you're looking at NWSL performances and like that is the truth of how you want to go forward and start picking this team, there's absolutely no reason why Tidler should not be honestly the number one name on the team sheet. I mean, we've made so many jokes. Like I've made jokes that uh, she's played center back. 
made jokes that she's played outside back. Like, mm-hmm. half the, I remember when they uh, played Gotham at home and I was literally like, I Siddler was sitting right between the center backs and heading the ball out from a corner. Like, yeah. I don't know any other player who will just, like as Andre was saying, just slot into absolutely any position to put her team in like in the best position they can going forward. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Um, Blocko, you're listening. So this is good. Um, <laughs> glad we're all on the same page now. So if we're looking at the NWSL standings right now, of course, games are always happening. Things are always changing, but you know, we got Portland up top, not a surprise. OL rain. I want to talk about Laura Harvey in a minute. Um, the courage, which I am going to get to carry to see a game that is happening. Um, but then number, number four, you've got the Orlando pride, a team that struggled kind of in recent years. I mean, and we all remember what was it just, it seems like it was five years ago, but it was during the challenge cup, of course, last year couldn't come and, you know, didn't get to play during that regular season, which we all know was so disappointing for those players, but they've had a mid season coaching change which um, listen to our Tuesday pod is something that almost all teams have been through this year. <laughs> More mid-season coaching changes than not. It's just your customary mid-season coaching change in the NWSL. It happens. Like, you're actually like on the outside if you haven't changed head coaches this season in the NWSL, which is one of the more startling statistics I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Everything it's that it's that it's I mean it's the epitome of that like everything's on fire, everything's fine, like meme. Yes. But anyways, when I look at this team on social media <laughs> and I look <laughs> at their celebrations, it looks like no team is having more fun over the past month than the Orlando Pride and that they're playing with a certain level of freedom. Am I wrong for, for looking too much into Instagram here, uh, Andre? <laughs> no, you're not wrong at all. I don't, I don't think. I, I think that's a very accurate observation because it absolutely can. I mean, stuff like that carries over. We know that teams are, teams are made of people. And this is kind of how people operate. You know, when you're feeling better, when you're feeling good around a crew that you've been, you know, you play, but and, and soccer is such a connected game that you all have to be on the same page. So I think they had a couple things. You know, I think they were obviously they had a long time off as you mentioned they missed the 2020 challenge cup they were really ready to play together you saw that and you saw how differently they played honestly under their old coach mark skinner who wanted to create art and then realized the nwsl isn't going to allow him to do that you're going to have to actually coach a, a team the way the nwsl operates and or perhaps he just wasn't skilled enough to do what he wanted to do oh no different discussion but when he leaves you see an additional boost of you know, excitement because Becky Burley comes in, you know, one of the few women head coaches in the NWSL and the comments from players in post-game matches after in post-game pressers has been amazing. They talk about, you know, how it's a collaborative approach, how they feel more prepared going into games. You know, they, they are really big fans of having Becky Burley as a coach. And I think that even has elevated the mood there to a different level than it even already was before. So yeah, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Look at Instagram and say like, this team looks really fun and they're playing like it. Cause there's a lot that can be read there. And I think it's, it's an accurate thing. Well, there, there's the group that just been there for so many years. Right. I mean, you yeah. see a lot of turn. Well, maybe I'm just saying this cause I, you know, follow the spirit so closely over the past <laughs> two years, but you see a lot of turnover year to year, right. In teams, but yet you've got yeah. the Alex, Ali, Ashlyn, and Sid, you mm-hmm. know, group who are so close on and off the field and uh, so dedicated to the team. It's got to help. 
we also at a similar stage, right? Like like Ashlyn and, and Allie have a baby. You know, Alex Morgan has a baby. Sid LaRue has a couple kids, as we just talked about. So they're also able to bond over other things. And, and of course, those are also big personalities, but they also bring everybody in. You know, as, as you mentioned, you can check out their social media and you can see how they've had, uh, but I think they have a bachelor party some months ago that was amazing that, that everybody dressed up for. So like, yeah, they have a lot of fun on that team and uh, and it translates. And I should have said Marta. Marta is there, which is, uh, should be the first and last, I mean, period. That's a full sentence. You cannot <laughs> not have a smile on your face when Marta's around. No. If you do, you deserve to be in prison. Yeah. And I am not, I don't believe in the prison system, but listen. <laughs> yeah. The metaphorical prison that works for this. There you uh, go. <laughs> works for this uh, job. Yeah, I think we're just adding on to the pride conversation. I think also since they started the season so strong and we're like unbeaten in like, what, seven or eight matches. And they kind of, I think that was really kind of their rallying cry for the rest of the season of like, let's prove everyone wrong. And so I feel like that combined with team camaraderie has just made for like, and then adding in Becky Burley as a new head coach has just added like, kind of sparked magic there so it's been one of the more interesting storylines um can I ask you what is going on with the courage who are at number three in the standings honestly I think for the like the courage I think for a while we saw them kind of disjointed um definitely I remember during the fall series it was definitely they had kind of a no defense all vibes mentality they're like we're just gonna outscore you <laughs> um you know losing like either players had injury or you know, not having, for example, Sam Ewis and Abby Dahlkemper um, with their team. Of, and like, surprisingly, I feel like the core of that team was really, really split up. And so this entire time they've kind of been working their way back. And so, you know, for example, trying to get Sam back from or getting Sam back from Manchester City has helped in a little bit. But I think also with that, with them splitting up the core and then those timelines and trying to coincide it through not only international breaks, but then the Olympics um, has kind of made it seem like they're not clicking, but also at the same time, like they're, <laughs> they're third in the standings. Yeah. And I think they're losing, like their loss to Portland today was their first loss in what, seven or eight matches. So it's not necessarily the over, like the super dominant uh, courage that we've seen, but also they're like very much still in the running and they still have some really bright stars like Gwen Williams, Jess McDonald, but also I think Carson Pickett has had like an incredible season. I think she's leading the league with five assists. So it's an interesting dichotomy because it's like they're not at their best, but also <laughs> they're still like up there in the standings and doing a lot better than a lot of other teams in the league. I think often we're used to dominance or free fall, you know, kind of. And like, because uh, once the dominance ends, it can be such a precarious thing right <laughs> like you know sports so like usually it's like once that stops like all this turmoil which is why I think it's a little bit confusing that like the dominant seems to be over which makes sense when Crystal Dunn leaves <laughs> but uh right and obviously like expansions happening you know no teams staying together fully um anymore but it, it's it's good to see them kind of hang in there a little bit Every deep playoff run starts with building an amazing team. Doing the same for your business doesn't take a room full of scouts. You just need Indeed. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. 
Something I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because with virtual interviews, Indeed saves you time. You can message, schedule, and interview top talent all in one place. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why when you sponsor a job, you only pay for quality applications from resumes in our database matching your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash BlueWire to start hiring today. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Why are the OL Reign finally clicking this year? Winners of what? Four of their last six, if I'm reading the NWSL site, slash if the NWSL site is correct, um, two, <laughs> two big question marks. Uh, that might not be true, but um, I've been a big Laura Harvey fan since I was, it was one of my first reporting at an NWSL game was uh, when Rapino and then the then Seattle ring came to the spirit and um, Bill Lynch didn't play the anthem and release that horrible statement. And then after the game, you know, I'll never forget like Laura Harvey sitting right next to Megan Rapino, like on those steps, let, you know, while she's answering questions and like affirming her anger and like sticking up for her and like letting her call Bill, Bill Lynch homophobic. Do you know what I mean? And like, mm-hmm. just really, that solidarity with with a player is not something that you see a lot of, um, especially um, 2016 was a very different time for you know that level of athlete you know activism. So I know she's got some fans and some detractors, but um, what what do we think about her coming back to the team and seeing the team kind of really find their rhythm? I think for me, part of it is uh, something that we've kind of seen all over not only the NWSL but just kind of women's soccer in general it's like competent coaching (laughs) coaches who have a super team like I mean I think for most of us it'd be a massive failure if OL Reign were like not in the tip top I mean you have Eugenie Lissamer, Jennifer Marjan like Buhati, Cook, King, Lavelle, Lavelle, like Pino, like they are the Avengers. They are the Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. They just kept signing players. They're like, we're going to make a super team. And that's not even, and that's like, you know, the players that are like playing international soccer, but they also have like, you know, a ton of um, up and coming stars like Zara King, Bethany Balzer, like just kind of super team. Um, And I think the reason why they weren't doing super well in the beginning. which is that they weren't being like coached properly. And I don't think that their tactics necessarily suited like the strengths of their players. Um, And so now like, oh yeah, Laura Harvey really knows how to coach and knows how to get the best out of her players. It's not surprising to me at all that they're currently sitting number two in the NWSL standings. Um, Especially when you have, like, if you just look at that roster and you're like, oh yeah, we can, if we get them to play together, of course they're going to score like 17 goals on everyone. (laughs) If we like nominally do our job as a coaching staff, like they should be fine. Yeah. Andre, anything to add there? Yeah. I mean, I think that's really it is Laura Harvey kind of came in and put people in the right positions. You know, it was, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I think it was definitely something that was needed because you do have these really, really incredible players. And when you kind of mess them up or have them play in a way that they're not familiar with, or that isn't suitable to their strengths, you make you make everybody's job a lot more difficult. 
And I think that's that's what was going on earlier in the season. So I also think it's kind of funny when when other, you know, uh, coaches come over to the NWSL and they want to try and like have this very different kind of style without ever looking at the NWSL and saying, okay, how can you, how are you effective in this league? You know, what are the top teams doing? What are the teams that are great able to do? You can tweak the style a little bit, but you're not going to completely innovate in the NWSL because there is already a style that works in the NWSL. That's not to say that it's always going to be that way, but you're not going to be a brand new coach and be able to change a whole lot, um, especially in your first season. And I think a lot of coaches, as in, you know, Mark Skinner, as I mentioned before, Fareed Bensidi, who was the coach of OL Reign earlier, kind of came in and did, did that. There were some players on the team that weren't playing that should have been playing. There were some players playing in wrong positions. Like Marijan was like a, almost like a, a, what was like a false nine, which was just not a great idea when you have a nine like Bethany Balster. You know, you have players like Eugenie Lesomer who you want to have on the wings, you know, creating problems. So really to me, it's Laura Harvey coming in and saying, okay, I got a lot of fantastic pieces and I know where they should play. Here we go. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really excited to see how she grows with that team because it, there was, you know, the first task of get every, getting everybody in the right place, in the right position. And now you're starting to see the uh, benefits of that and how they're coming together. Like Rose has been incredible. Sofia Huerta at right back has been amazing. That has been a really strong move from Laura Harvey. So, yeah, I think the rain are going to get better as the season goes on. Yeah, and I think with Laura Harvey as well, that since she's already coached and been in this league, she didn't have to like come in and try to reinvent the wheel. She was like, I know the easy ways to either quickly break down a team or beat them on the count or something or something like that. And it's just surprisingly making those like small t- tweaks that I think has been really integral in leading the team to success. I think you see a lot of men with really big egos come in and be like, I'm going to be the auteur. I'm going to be the, you know, the change. I'm going to use this as my stepping stone to prove that I can, you were saying the art metaphor. So I'm just going with that like <laughs> earlier, like, you know, create this masterpiece. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, it's a game, win yeah. it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like win the game, like just do that. All right. I'm going to skip over Portland. They're at the top of the standings. Um, they're good. We talked about Sophia Smith. I just want to make kind of move us along here a little bit. There's six teams making it to the playoffs this year. For some reason, there's still like six weeks left in the regular season, which don't I, I don't understand how much <laughs> this season. I feel like it's been very long. But anyways, if we're looking at kind of numbers, you know, five through the end, the rest of these teams at five, we've got the Red Stars. Uh, with 26 points. And then you got the Spirit, Dash, Gotham, uh, Louisville, and Kansas City. If you had to predict which two of those teams are going to make it to the playoffs, who would you pick right now? I'm putting you on the spot. So I definitely think the Red Stars belong. They have been very good, like great in midfield and, and in defense. Sarah Gordon has had a fantastic year. Casey Kruger getting back integrated has been incredible. So I think they really have a strong uh, case to be able to limit opposition's chances and then be able to score. They haven't quite figured out the attack just yet. Mal Pugh has been playing a great and getting herself back, you know, on a national team. Yes. Call. That's another thing that happened. So that's really exciting. And then I think it's going to be about, I think the spirit are in a free fall <laughs> in, a, in a number of ways. Uh, so yeah. I, I really think it's going to be between Gotham and Houston. Um, I kind of put Gotham up there, but they have to figure out their midfield um, connection because they need a little bit more service for those forwards. 
Um, Efi can score. Efi has shown that she can score anytime uh, if you put her on the pinch and you start her in those in the right positions and give her service. So I think Gotham can figure that out. I think the dash might be a little bit too disjointed to get there. We don't have time to get into a big, I should disclaimer, don't have time to get into a big thing about this player. I know it's your favorite player. Will we see Mitch Purse again this season or is she out for the season? I just haven't. Oh no, we will see her. I believe after the international break. So we should see her. I think that was the timetable that I last heard. Okay. Because I listened to those stats you read on your podcast, uh, your latest episode. So I know that that is important. <laughs> yeah. Compulating those broke my heart. <laughs> like, I was really like, oh no. Um, also, I agree on Chicago. Um, and if, like, I mean, obviously if Mitch comes back, but if Gotham figures out their attack, then I think they have a very strong chance of getting into the playoffs. But it is, as Andre said, uh, definitely the midfield trio I have scratched my head at several times. But also, um, to me, it's also finding a smart way to integrate the players that were out for the Olympics back into the fold. Because, I mean, we've seen a lot of Carly Lloyd, but we haven't also seen, like, for example, Evelyn Viennes. And it's just finding ways to bring them back into the fold. Because I feel like for a long time, Gotham had, like, that front three of purse, Monaghan before she got injured and Efi. And so those three really clicked really well together. And then when, for example, um, Monaghan got hurt, they were able to put in Kao Sumi and it still worked. But now that it's only Efi, I like they just need to do something um, with those front runners to make them start scoring goals again. Makes sense. All right. I'm going to end on not a happy note, but um, I feel like we just kind of have to. <laughs> uh, so after we recorded uh, the episode on Tuesday, um, you know, more news is coming out of the Washington Spirit. And I'm sure by the time this airs, the free fall will be will continued. Um, it's now it was the first forfeit in NWSL history, I believe, um, when apparently they're still not following COVID protocols. And so um, they're forfeited the game against the OL rain. Uh, it's a disaster. You two had the same reaction I did to the Ben Olsen interview with the athletic. Um, it's was very weird how you're kind of bragging about how you've never thought about that having this job and how you didn't even think it was intriguing until you were offered it and how you're talking about how unprepared you are. Like that's, that's, that's weird. <laughs> weird thing to brag about but mainly you know I listen to Kaya McCullough's podcast which everyone should listen to it's in it's in the show notes and it's just very very clear how um it seems like a microcosm and honestly I hope it's worse it was worse of the spirit than it is throughout the NWSL but I'm sure it's not a you know a lone situation of just like how isolated she felt as, you know, a black player and as, you know, a black player who's speaking up, you know, and really using her voice and um, everything. So I guess, like, what would you like to see the spirit do? And then, you know, you want to take this to the league as a whole, but to like, I don't know, support their players and particularly um, black players. Like, is there any way to kind of repair the damage that's been done? I think, honestly, and I was kind of thinking about this when I was just like walking down the street this morning, listening to a podcast of like, even just doing the bare minimum, like of acknowledging that a lot of terrible things have happened and that like, not only from the spirit organization, but also from the league at whole, like, just sorry. I know that it's such a simplistic answer, but I also feel like there's so much <laughs> that has gone on in this league for what, since the beginning of 2020 and like just all of the mess, like even just having that, 
first step of like, hey, we did something wrong. Uh, we're sorry about it. And here are the ways we're going to fix it. And then I think the thing that they really need to focus on are, how are we actually going to fix it, fix this? Like, hey, uh, don't hire coaches. I know it's going to be like a crazy idea. Don't hire coaches um, that have like <laughs> use allegations against them in the past that have been, I know, I mean, I know, for example, with Richie Burke, like that has been documented um, over the past few years through different reporting and things like that. Um, so like, that's a simple thing. And then they, I mean, they have to shake up that leadership board. Like they need specifically black and brown people in the room telling the league honestly about all the ways that they can make it better um, and not having people who just kind of all come from the same brain trust of, well, like, here's how the NFL does it. Let's do it this way. And it's like, no, <laughs> women's soccer in this country is very different than the NWSL uh, and your, you know, your user bases and things like that are all different. So I feel like for me, it's literally just doing the basics. Like, I think it'd be different if throughout all of this happening that people were taking accountability for their actions and trying to do things better. But it, to me, it just feels like no one has learned from a single mistake. Yeah, there's this like, you know, it's like, oh, well, that statement is surface and, you know, we'll need to see reaction, but it's what you can't even do the surface stuff, right? Like, I, you know, I don't want to act like words and everything and symbols are like the be all end all. There's certainly, certainly, you know, the bare minimum, but God, it, how rotten do you have to be to like, not even realize you need to do that? You know, it's uh, just a lot. Andre? Yeah. Um, to me, this ownership group who has been the controlling ownership group for years at the Spirit just need to go. They've had plenty of opportunities to do things that aren't the worst thing, and they like to choose the worst option. <laughs> it's like, every yeah, time. every <laughs> single time. It's like if you have a path in front of you and you have good, eh, and then the worst, they're always going to choose the worst, and they always have. So and if you're going to continue to do the same things, then you just don't give anybody any level of trust that you're going to make decisions that are in the best interest of your players. And if you can't do that as a as the front office of an organization, you can't be the front office of an organization, in my opinion. I hope that there's a lot of change, and I hope it comes quickly because you're 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 DMV based. I lived there for a while, got to know a lot of those fans, and. Uh, there's some good people there that deserve better, um, deserve a whole lot better. There really are. And they're really frustrated. They're really disconnected from the club right now. I'm really angry at the club. And to Courtney's point, the club hasn't said anything, hasn't said anything to their supporters groups, hasn't said anything, you know, obviously publicly. They're just acting like none of this is even worth them commenting on. And it's a really, really bad look. Um, and then you know, you, and then you add on top of that, the COVID stuff and the ownership struggle, you know, back and forth and, and the, you know, all owner members of the current ownership group or the controlling ownership group putting out harassment suits against one of the other owners, which if you look into that and what's going on there, you're thinking, okay, that seems like retaliation more than actually something that's credible, but who knows what's going on there. So it's just, it's just a hot mess. You're losing games now because of the COVID thing. It's just a mess. It's just a straight up mess. You know, your uh, defense um, partnership isn't even getting the airtime because right. you can't even get on the field. Right. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like uh, you just want them to like, it's like it's, there are so many gripes that you can't even get to that one. And that one's a big one. 
<laughs> so that's a really big one. It's really yeah. big. Like all capitalism is problematic, but do you have to put the most problematic one like on the front of your jersey? Like, and then it was Military Appreciation Night where they honored the general who had uh, a lot to do with the warrantless surveillance, domestic surveillance when he was director of the NSA. And it's just like, we can't even get to that stuff because you guys are messing up everything <laughs> else. It's like, I guess it's, I guess it's, it's Trumpian in that way where you just suck it you just a deluge of trash and then people can have a hard time sorting through it all and talking about it all. That's really what it feels like. They right now, and this is a really big thing for me to say, are the worst pro sports owners in the DMV area. And that's a list that has the name Dan yeah. Snyder on it. So like, that's how bad we've gotten. <laughs> like I never thought I'd see the yes. day. All right. Well, um, Andre, you also have another new project to plug. Going to continue standing you. <laughs> so uh, tell us about that. And then Courtney, if you have any projects to plug, please do. Uh, appreciate it. Um, yes, I'm, I'm part of the new uh, co-hosting group, The Mic'd Up, uh, which is an official Chelsea FC podcast. It follows the um, Chelsea Men's Club, but also the Women's Club, uh, which has been something that I'm really passionate about and I'm going to force them to talk about nonstop. So um, we'll see how much they cut out of my rambling. <laughs> I, I like to say in women's sports, like part of it is like starting our own things, right? Like doing stuff that's dedicated to women's sports, but then we got to get like our moles on the inside of the right. places that talk about men's sports a lot to like beat that drum over there. Like when I see Monica McNutt yeah. on ESPN, I'm like, you're our mole. Like you're our mole <laughs> on like around the horn or whatever it is. Yes. Like you've got this. <laughs> yes. You got to You got to spread the propaganda quickly. <laughs> that's my, yes. that's been my yes. thing. Like, oh, it's happening. Don't you worry. We're making, we're making sure it's going to happen. So yeah, I'm really excited about it. Courtney, anything you need to plug? Honestly, no. <laughs> I don't I listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to plug her Twitter at Courtney Stiff. And then Andre's, let me get it up here. It is confusingly at not underscore Carlisle. Um, thank you both so much for being on Burn All Down. Uh, way overdue. And we will certainly have you again. Absolutely. Thank yes, you so thank much. Thank you.